Hello. Am I too close? Shouldn't we have something to say? No, we'll just just try it. Okay. Okay. Hi, I'm Lauren. And I'm Whitney. And this is Same, Same but, but different. different. That was great. <laughs> We're back. Hey, it's us, your favorite twins. I'm so nervous. Uh, you shouldn't be nervous. It's just me. No, no, no. As Dustin says, no. No. It's just, no. It's just me. That was the theme on our, our Ireland-Scotland trip. No. Well, yeah, there were a lot of reasons to say no. There were. Oh, wow. Hey, another, another episode. Hey, that's something that we did since we last spoke to our audience. We went on we vacation. Did. We went on family vacay. A lot has happened. Should we fill everyone in? I think we should. We'll hit the high notes. There's way too much life to uh, catch you up on, other than the the big stuff. So yeah, oh, wait, where where are you where are you recording from? What? I am in Shoreditch, London. That's amazing. Mind blown. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who didn't don't know what Shoreditch is, it's a neighborhood. I didn't know until Whitney was looking at moving there. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just let the but cat it's... out of the bag. The M word. Oh well. No, I, we don't say the M I word. I should just I should just tell them. Um, you should. Since we hit our hiatus for same but different, uh, I took a new job in London, London, London town. It was a really agonizing decision, but I have to say, it's been pretty exciting. Um, so when did you decide to take the job, and who's it with? So I I left YouTube when I hit my five-year mark. Um, yeah, was it? Left there second week of July, and then three weeks later, started a new job with Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Little our favorite social media. Little startup. You may have heard of it. You may have used it once or twice. Um it's on the up and up though, I right hear. They're definitely on the up and up. That's actually true. Um <laughs> but I'll I'll save the juicy deets for next week's or two weeks from now's episode. Right. Um all about the the new yes, job and London. Yes, and I'll have another week under my belt because I only have three at the moment. So it's not a ton of information, Crazy. but it's enough to uh, make some statements about what's same and what's different, um, so which is the uh, premise. Uh, and it's sufficient enough to talk about. Um, but instead, today's episode is going to focus on Lauren's big news and another reason why we took a bit of a, a break from the potty, uh, the podcasty, not like the toilet potty. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a better thanks. one. Um, so yeah, Lauren, do you want to tell our listeners your your big news? It's some big news and I've been managing to not really announce it, but you lucky listeners are going to get a full-fledged announcement which is that my husband and I are expecting a baby the word pregnant is weird um so we're having a baby I'm six months pregnant if you can believe it I can't believe it wow six months already 
I know I can't either. It's very weird. Um, we're doing December, early December, and it's a little girl, which I'm fucking thrilled about. Yas queen. Yas queen. A lot of feminist aura power to be continued we, in the Rosenthal family. We may have, family we may have manifested that. Uh, sorry, not, not sorry. sorry at all. Yeah, niece is uh, on the way. This is the first Rosenthal niece. baby. Oh, I love yeah. that. Mm, so cute. Um, so yeah, that's the theme for today's episode is we're going to dig into some, into the P word, the pregnancy yeah. word. Lauren doesn't want to say um, the P word and I don't want to say the M word, which is move. Yeah, so we have rules on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Strictly speaking. Yeah, and we make the rules so we can do whatever that's we want. right. Um, yeah, so there's some big stuff going on in the Rosenthal slash Rosenthal Burke world. Yeah, so I guess I should just say same but different world. Yes. Our our um, worlds are now and, actually so same and so different, even more so. Right, it's the most apropos. Yeah. But to give you a little gist of the next um, plethora of of same but different episodes, it's going to be remote. So Whitney will be hailing from London, unless she's here back in the States, which I'm sure she's going to be a lot. So maybe we'll do some in person together. It's probably a good idea. Um, and I'm still, yeah, and I'm still in Los Angeles. <clears throat> um, but it's definitely same but different, and you'll get to hear a lot of our catch-ups and some different themes, and we have a lot planned for you. So that's exciting. Call your girlfriend. Yeah, I cannot get that song out of my head, and it's not a I bad I listened thing. to that today. Their yeah. podcast? Yeah. Podcast shout-out, Call Your Girlfriend, is basically these two chicks that live, they're best friends, and they live in different places, so they have catch-up phone calls that they record and talk about kind of anything from pop culture to politics. Um, which we might dabble in as well, depending on what the fuck is going on in the uh, world. Yeah, a lot of WTF going on in the world. Um, yeah, maybe we'll get into that another week. Yeah, we'll have plenty of weeks for that, no doubt. Um, but this is a bit weird, right? Like, they, they're they friends who live on the East and West Coast, right? Um, yeah. We haven't lived in separate cities for 10 years, maybe? <clears throat> 2008 almost so nine almost years. 10 years yeah. that's crazy yeah that's college for all you people yes, who want to do we math. lived in separate cities for college that was the only <clears throat> other time we lived apart so now this podcast is not only uh our mutual opinions on things and discussing important topics and showcasing our awesome friends it's now uh, a way for Lauren and I to fill each other in on what's going on in our respective worlds. Exactly. And we know that that is um, a point of interest for our listeners. So I want to share that with you. Yeah. Not hoard it We're to ourselves. We're spicing things up, let's just say. Get a little peep into um, twin relationships. Twin relationships. Right. Yeah. Where's that? However, you yeah. can. In um, another podcast I was listening to, uh, Two Dope Queens. Do you ever listen to that? Oh, so good. So good. Jessica Williams yeah. is like my idol. Yeah, she's uh, brilliant. Her yeah. co host uh, abbreviated two words that were just so epic. Like they were a joke in and of themselves. The first one she used was Melancholy. <laughs> and oh she my just God. like let it hang there for a minute. 
and then everyone just started <laughs> cracking up and she just owned it like she meant to say that That's and amazing. then uh <laughs> i'm gonna butcher this next one she was talking about like when she was in her 20s she's like saying oh, i forget what she it was something like when we were in our twins <laughs> Oh my God. See, I feel like Jessica does it more than she does. And she, I feel like Jessica talks like she's yeah. 20 versus like, but Jessica is like, and she what, like 25, something like this. Yeah. She's definitely younger than us, but she like, she's very mature when she's like mm-hmm. speaking, but then she uses like the weirdest lingo sometimes. Yeah. It's really funny. Hysterical. I'm a big fan. Yeah. They're, I mean, their podcast is maybe one longest. day we'll have a live show on stage at the Ace Hotel. I heard about that. Yeah, we can aspire to that. I didn't. I didn't go. We're, we're waiting for our show. Well, obviously, we can't give them that. <laughs> Hello. Excuse. We'll just excuse give them the sirens. Out. I'm in London. <laughs> That's not good. Portage, <laughs> <Fortnite>, everybody. Davis <laughs> plays on oh, Yeah, there was an ambulance earlier today outside of my door. Well, that's Los Angeles. It's not like Venice yeah, is much better. Yeah, from Maybe one Venice works. to another. Exactly. Okay, yeah, let's, let's get into this. On, as they say. Yeah. Do they? Oh, I can't wait to hear the Londonisms. So that's a good yeah. one. Crack on. So, let's talk about the first six months because in an effort to fill people in on where we've been and the journey that we've been on since our last episode, I think a lot of really great stuff can be unpacked. Um, We are eager to share. Yes, we, this is a mutual journey of Lauren's, Lauren's pregnancy. Needed to be. Thank you. Um, It's, I think so many issues and, uh, frustrations and insights have crept up and like both of us together have realized how we really feel like there's not as um as much information out there and readily available to dispel a lot of pregnancy myths and rumors and maybe untruths um and so in the spirit of same but different right where women's pregnancies start the same way and hopefully end positively um yours Mm -hmm. certainly has been quite distinguished in a lot of ways as well um i think you've had a lot of unique experiences that maybe some of our friends haven't had so maybe talk about um the first bit of time and what that was like once you learned you were pregnant well, I wanted to maybe touch on as well getting pregnant. Oh, yes, you must. Because I that think was that where it started. Yeah, but I think that that's um, every girl's, like, worst fear before you're pregnant, obviously, because you're not pregnant yet. But um, it was my fear, Talk too. Talk about how, of, like, like you decided you were ready. Maybe that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, that's a kind of vague um vagueness in my head because I didn't ever like wake up one morning and say I want to have a baby and I'm still not sure I'm ready to have a baby um which we can get into later but um I think for 
at least two years I had been like, oh, babies are cute, which I like really hadn't felt that way before. Like objectively babies are cute, but I had never like had that warm, fuzzy feeling about it. Um, so I'd had that feeling for quite a while, but wasn't ready to do anything about it. Um, and then I, I started um, talking to Dustin about it at the end of last year. And the biggest driver for me selfishly was that I was ready to get off birth control because I just like hated, I actually didn't mind being on birth control at all. I had no side effects, but for whatever reason, whether it was psychosomatic or otherwise, I just, every time I would get my birth control, which was a Nuva ring, I would get super nauseous, just like the idea of it. Um, the smell would make me nauseous, like, and then I would put it in and it would be over with and I'd be fine. But I just wanted to be done with it. Um, and I also was anxious about, like everyone, anxious about if I'm not even on birth control, does it take six months to get your body regulated? How much, how long will I have to wait till I can actually be viable for pregnancy? So I was like starting to think about all that stuff at the end of last year and Dustin finally agreed. Okay, fine, yeah, you can go off birth control in November or like maybe it's December, I can't remember. Um, and he was freaked out because he was like, you could get pregnant right away. And I was like, I don't know, it could be months. Um, but it wasn't that straightforward by any stretch of the imagination. Um, should I yeah. just dive right into yeah. trying to get pregnant? Um, so yeah, when I think that I was more of like a, okay, I'm off birth control. Let's just like make a concerted effort because I didn't want months and months to go by where I wasn't pregnant and then have this like giant um, fear that there was something wrong with me because you have to from everything I had known and read was that it's actually quite hard to get pregnant meaning you have to be very aware of your cycle and obviously um, know when you're ovulating otherwise you can try for months and never hit the right date and nothing could be wrong with you but you just still aren't getting pregnant so being the control freak that I am I um, thought I had a four-week cycle I didn't get my period regularly, which I had never had, um, so that wasn't shocking. But I um, started trying, quote unquote, and I would try, we would try and have sex in the middle of my cycles, which I thought were four weeks, and nothing was happening. So I was getting very anxious about it. I ended up going to the doctor just to check if everything was fine, and she said, yeah, everything looks good, without you mm -hmm. know doing anything invasive. Um, and... I, we tried for, I think, January, February, no, December, January, February. And I was really anxious after three months being like, I think there's something wrong with me. I know I called you a whole bunch of times being like, it's not working. What and am in I retrospect, wrong? were you, Could it be do you now see that period as like unnecessarily stressed or like, how, how do you see it in, in hindsight? No, I don't. In hindsight, I see it as, um, exactly what probably 95% of women would do, which is, and most women, and I'm, I, that's an assumption. I, I have no idea how many women actually know their bodies well enough to go straight into trying to have a baby and know exactly what's going on. But I was on birth control for how long were we on birth mm -hmm. control? 11 years, 12 years, um, might be more closer to 15 years. Um, and so it wasn't something I ever thought about other than trying right, not to Right, And our birth pregnant. control cycle or like our, our birth control habit um, insinuates that you have a four-week period, right? Because it's with NuvaRing exactly. specifically, it's three weeks off, one week on. And 
you know, you're forcing your cycle to happen. So, and, and every, I, I think maturation class and, um, cycle, you know, um, education says that, you know, a month is a cycle. And I don't think before your situation, I'd ever heard of anyone naturally deviating from that. Right. Like to understand that your natural cycle can be shorter or longer than that makes you think that there's something wrong with you when it's, it seems now that we both understand that that's perfectly normal and natural as well. When we were 16 and not on birth control, we had really irregular periods. And so my presumption, I remember talking to you about this is like, okay, my presumption is my periods are going to be irregular. And that was even more stressful because when you're trying to have a baby, you need to know what the fuck is going on. Otherwise, you're, gonna you're not going to miss the mark, so to speak. So it was like another, exactly. So it was like another layer of stress. Um, so you're asking in hindsight, like, was that, um, did I react? Like, did I overreact? Did I overreact or did I underreact? Whatever. I think most women in that situation assume there's something wrong with them because all you hear these days are all the problems mm. that people have getting pregnant. No one's, no one's telling you how easy it was for them or, oh, all I had to do was X, Y, and Z, and then I figured it out, which is more or less my story, um, which I hope is encouraging to everyone who still Right, I think that's the lesson future. learned, right, is um, that you were misinformed or you didn't have, you didn't have the tools to yeah. inform yourself. Exactly. So my, I even asked my doctor when I went for my checkup and she's like, I said, it's really hard to get pregnant, right? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? Like she looked at me like I was crazy. Um, so what happened for us is um, the three months went by and I was on my presumed four week cycle, not getting pregnant. And I finally went, I was tired of my doctor because she, she's a great doctor when it comes to Western medicine, but like she wasn't mm-hmm. helping with my anxiety in any way, which I guess isn't her job, but some doctors are probably better than, that, uh, she's than others. She's a baby factory but, in the end. Um, she, yeah. Yeah. She does, she does what she needs to do. So I went to my acupuncturist who I've Love gotten Whitney her. into and she's like Love extremely her. maternal, super compassionate. Um, and she, instantly just you know kind of wiped the slate clean for me she said you need to stop stressing it hasn't been a long time you have to presume there's nothing wrong with you um do you know when you're ovulating have you done um basal body temperatures have you done all these other things that can track your cycle and i was like well i've been trying to use these ovulation sticks and she's like they're terrible and i was like thank you for saying that because I can't read them and I feel like I never am ovulating when I'm using them. Like it's just very unclear to me and I'm more confused than ever. And she was like, I tried them too. And I thought they were really confusing. And she's like, maybe you should just do nothing and just enjoy sex with your husband. I had so many patients that come in and they're just so stressed and stress doesn't help anything. And I was just like, okay, you're right. Like I need to chill the fuck out. And she's like, if you do anything at all, track your basal body temperature which is literally just taking your temperature before you even get out of bed in the morning and it's a thermometer that shows you the you put it under your tongue? decimal instead of just the 10 easy yeah it's so easy um and so i picked up doing that in the middle of my fourth month and so like the middle of my cycle and we got pregnant that month it was like the easiest thing in the world it basically shows you 
um, your temperature going down as your ovulation's about to happen, and then your temperature spikes after you've ovulated. So you have to kind of just have sex as your temperature is dropping and hope that you get the right date. And then you'll know if you did because the next day your temperature will jump up and you'll say, oh, I hit that date, good, good for us. Um, and so the very first month, I not only got pregnant doing this, but um, I realized my cycle was six weeks long. So I was missing our time that I was ovulating every single month before, so I never stood a chance. Um, so my hindsight on all of that is like, if you're gonna do anything when you first want to start trying is use a BBT, basal body temperature thermometer, and just track your cycle and know exactly when you're ovulating and you'll feel extraordinarily empowered and you'll have like a really good shot of getting pregnant as fast as you'd like. Um, that's probably not true for everybody, but I feel like you have to know your body and what's going on. Otherwise, like you're shooting in the dark and you just feel like there's that's something wrong with you. That's such a good lesson. I think that that's a really yeah. good lesson for anyone to learn is to know your body as best as you can, right? Like we're not really taught to be selfish in that way or to be exploratory in that way. And, you know, it, it is directly mm -hmm. applying to your situation and getting pregnant. And I think it's a really good piece of advice for anyone that's considering it, right? To not go into this situation without a keen understanding of you and your specific cycle, your specific uh, tendencies, right? Um, and not to worry until you have to type of thing. But generally speaking, I think it's also a great lesson to just um, argue that you should know yourself as best as you can, right? Like it only will help you when you're in these situations that are new and different and sort of pushing you to your limits and maybe evoking some anxieties. The more you know yourself, the the better I think you're sure. equipped to handle such things. So I think it's a, a great experience for you. Yeah, and I think like definitely go, go with your gut. Like I think all along I knew that I was um, – going down the wrong path, meaning I was asking my doctor, who I, I think I knew in my gut wasn't going to give me the answers I wanted. Um, and then I finally, because uh, she had actually recommended, she was like, I can put you on medicine that makes you ovulate at a certain time. And I was like, in my gut mm. thinking, I don't think I need that. Like, I, I don't think there's anything actually wrong with me, or at least time hasn't proven that there is. And then in hindsight, um, stripping that away and just going to an Eastern meta or, um, philosophy and saying like, okay, there is nothing wrong with me. Yeah. I just need to see what's going on with my body and being able to do that through this, you know, suggestion of BBT was like exactly what I needed. So I, I think like just use your instincts from the very beginning. If you can like filter through yourself and your anxiety about what's Love the it. best route for you. All right. So take us into actually, yeah realizing that it worked and that you were pregnant um how long was it until you felt some of those side effects yeah so um we i actually didn't think i could was pregnant the first month because i was like there's no way that'd be like so easy once i figured out my cycle um, and Dustin kept saying, because I wasn't getting my period, he's like, I think you are, I think you are. And my temperature kept going up, which I had learned means that you're pregnant because your temperature goes back to kind of a mm -hmm. middle ground when you're about to have your period. Um, but I tested twice on a pregnancy test, and they were both negative. 
And that can happen apparently because you just don't have enough, I think it's called HGC in your blood Mm -hmm. or in your urine yet to show that you're pregnant. Like Mm -hmm. it can just be too early. And so I kept being like, I have two negative tests. Like how many more negative tests can I take without feeling discouraged? Um, And so I, Dustin kept saying, no, I think you are, you are. And then finally I waited like three days in between the next test and I still didn't have my period. And I got like a really faint positive. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, huh, like I didn't want to get my hopes What's up, that? but I was like, maybe. And then I waited, yeah, I waited till the next morning, but I got a, a digital one where it basically said, cause the other one was like a, a cheap one that just shows a line. And I got a different one that shows like pregnant written in like on a digital screen or like not pregnant. And that one said it was pregnant <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, we did it. Um, and so I was super elated and more than anything, it's like just this biggest relief of like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me and I can actually conceive a child, which is huge, like enormous, but you kind of, um, well for me, I wouldn't say you cause everybody's so different and some women might carry that feeling on through their whole pregnancy, but mine went very quickly from uh, relief and excitement and, like joy to maybe a week and a half later feeling extraordinary nausea that lasted for me until about like 18 19 weeks are you saying that it's pretty much subsided at this point Mm, no i mean it's so much better than it was when i i always have to say that like as a caveat when people ask how i'm feeling i'm like oh i'm feeling so much better than i was but it's just like different ailments now like the symptoms are different and i'm still I think I still have like normal nausea like we you and I both have experienced just with stomach issues so I think like that's the new normal so in comparison to those early days and then through the middle of my pregnancy it's so so much better advice for dealing with nausea and side story for our listeners at home um before Lauren got pregnant our family was keenly aware of Lauren's uh inability to handle nausea um, Lauren has more than once had to, uh, get on the phone with me and have me coach her through puking or having a stomach issue. Um, is it is essentially Lauren's kryptonite is being nauseous and, it is. you know, I, there was nothing I could do in this circumstance to help you because it wasn't just going to be gone the next day. Or I couldn't just take you, take you to the yeah, ER and take give her or something. Uh, um, and I remember at one point in the first trimester, you know, you said like, I don't know if I can handle this for so long. It's just such a long road until it's over, until this baby is, is out in the world. You know, so in, in retrospect, now that you're through the woods, so to speak, and it's much more manageable in terms of uh, feeling nauseous, do you have any advice for those who maybe experience a very severe level of nausea like you did? Because I think it's probably way more common than we we realize. And then additionally, I think once you have the baby, mm-hmm. you kind of forget a lot of those details of 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 how bad it was, right? Oh, because for sure. the, your brain is taught to to recover, right, and to sort of block out the bad um out of survival um otherwise you'd probably never have another kid knowing how miserable you were um but it was it was bad it was bad for a long time and now that you're through that 
Um, and if you have it again mm-hmm. or somebody else has it really bad, what would you say to them for, for managing that? Yeah, I mean, um, we, I remember, I mean, it's, I, I, people told me that too, like, oh, you'll forget. And I, I don't like, I, I usually don't forget that stuff. Um, because I think it's so important. I think maybe it's, I've just ingrained it in myself that it's so important to tell those parts of things that people um, wouldn't normally share because I think they're so educational and would have brought me solace if someone had told me that before I had gotten into it. So I feel like um, almost like a vigilante needing to like spread the, the bad word instead of the good word. Like it's nothing is always as straightforward or easy as people would like you to think, especially with our world of social media. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely a realist, so I'm, I like to keep it real and just say exactly like how things are. Um, so I, I remember how terrible it was and I, I had moments of feeling like this giant stretch of eternity was in front of me and I had no idea if I could actually survive it. Like it was so emotionally and mentally taxing Mm -hmm. to feel nauseous 24 hours a day, every single day and to wake up every morning and remember that it it wasn't going to get any better anytime soon. Like when you're six weeks pregnant and everybody tells you, okay, this is going to be like this at least until week 12. And in my case, it was until week like 18 or 19. Um, and for some people, it's for their entire pregnancies. I mean, I, I remember telling you and thinking of Kate, Princess Kate and how she had mm. terrible hospitalizing nausea for her entire pregnancies. And I was thinking, like, of course, that's going to be me. Like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this. Um, and so I actually uh, went to a therapist for a couple of sessions, one that I had seen in the past in love, just to get some mm-hmm. mental strength back. And she helped enormously just to help me normalize what was going on and to even just have um, someone to talk to about it. And she had had kids in her life and um, – just gave me, I can't even remember what she told me at this point, but it was super healthy for me to just go and talk with a professional that I felt I could trust and offload a lot of that emotional anxiety too, because Dustin was brand new about going through this, you know, he didn't really know how to help. And then Whitney, you were a huge help to me too, um, just like coping with the anxiety of it all and helping me stay present instead of trying to get so focused in this long stretch of days and weeks ahead of me that I couldn't yeah, you can't make it go overcome any faster. um it would just overwhelm me instead exactly like you and I went to the farmer's market and um I was like oh I can't eat anything everything sounds disgusting and you were like try a piece of fruit and I had an orange and it was like the best thing ever and just like tiny little things helped and then we went to the store and looked at books for how to um cope basically and found a good one that basically helps you um cope with the emotional stress that you're going through in those early days and even just to like distract and eat small meals and there's lots of it's it's all over the internet all these little coping mechanisms you can do to help yourself feel less nauseous but genuinely there's nothing there's no like magic cure like it doesn't there's not one thing that helps you have it go away you just get mentally stronger and I remember at some point in the middle of it feeling like I think it was when our friend was going through a ton of nausea because she was on um, fertility treatment and she was feeling super sick. And I was explaining to her 
um, yeah, I know how you feel and this is the things that I did. I felt like, wow, I actually have somewhat survived this and come out the other end feeling like I can, I can get through this and that I will, no matter Amazing. if it doesn't go away Another or not. victory. First you learned how to know yourself better and then you got mentally stronger. Already this pregnancy is making you into a more uh, evolved version of yourself, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, maybe that's like nature's way of preparing it's you a perk. to be a parent. I have no idea. Um, it's a perk. Yeah, but you definitely do learn a lot about yourself. I mean, it's a it's an emotional roller coaster, at least for me. Um, and I think for most women who are self aware and can understand like the ups and downs of all the different feelings that come with it, but with the physical ailments it's a really rough road um but if you, you not if it's when you survive it you feel like uh, so much stronger mentally like you could kind of go through a lot so, more than you thought on that note now that you're six months in and um the the mm -hmm. end is in sight right delivery is in sight and you're feeling a lot better um and you're showing a lot more um, we'll, we'll throw up a picture on our Instagram account so you guys can see Lauren with, with the baby bump. Um, <laughs> you don't want to let the sure cat we'll out of the bag? That, but we might. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not that. It's just uh, seeing myself even on the regular with a big baby belly is very um, well, odd. That was sort it's of hard my to question. Get used to. Um, Talk to me about how you feel different, right? So you you definitely physically had a lot to experience and get through. But in terms of you as Lauren, now six months pregnant, how are you the same and how are you feeling totally different as a person? Oy. Um, I feel the same, meaning there are moments where I forget that I'm pregnant at all. Like it's it's sort of strange. Like right when you stop feeling nauseous and the second trimester is like the blissful one apparently because you're not humongous and hurting and having constipation issues and all the great stuff that comes along with the third trimester. Um, there were t like entire days where I forgot I was pregnant and it wasn't like obviously to the point of where I was like having a drink, but it was more like I had to remind myself like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. I'm carrying a baby. And this was before I could feel her too, which totally changes everything but um I, so I, I felt like myself a lot of the time and I still do um in the in the the demeanor and my way that I think about things in I guess just normal normal everyday life um I'm different in that my hormones have completely changed the, the food I like to eat, like that's kind of been consistent throughout is I'm not eating anything weird, but the things I once loved, like I just were repulsive to me in the beginning and now are starting to come back in terms of me wanting them, but I just want to eat differently. Like things I, I once really enjoyed are kind of fine. And then other things that I never really ate before I want more often, um, which mm -hmm. is totally to be expected with all the hormones coursing through your body. I mean, my phys my physical body is totally different. Um, I would so say my boobs are bigger, weird. which is weird because I don't have big boobs to begin with. Um, they're not like gigantic. I don't know how it's possible to go from like nearly flat to gigantic, but that would be terrifying. 
It'd be terrifying. I would hate it. I would feel that would be worse than like a big stomach with a baby in it. Like I'd just feel really strange about it. So maybe that doesn't happen to most people that don't have big boobs to begin with. But um, I haven't had much swelling in my hands or feet, which does happen to some people. Um, I don't feel later? like my hips have like spread or anything. I don't know. You have to remind me if you think of anything because um, it's how hard have things to, been going to recall. With Dustin? I know in the beginning it all was the... quite challenging because you were so nauseous all the time and more on edge. And now that things have leveled out, do you feel like your relationship with Dustin has evolved as well? Yeah. I mean, I think like it's – there are like stereotypical behaviors for men and for women in terms of getting ready for a baby. Um, and I feel like – uh, we fit the stereotypes very well in a good or bad way. I'm not sure which. It just is what it is, I guess. But he's very focused on our business and wanting to make that grow and having enough financial security. And he's picked up on a lot of projects that we need to get done in our house because he's trying to get those ready for the baby. So, like, all these external yes. things he's trying to – or he's kind of, like, fussing over. Whereas yeah. – I know. Whereas I'm way more, like, mentally trying to – prepare for a baby as much as you really can't um so, but I'm just much more concerned about um doing all the research for our registry and trying to get the right stuff and um how to parent like what do we want to do sleep training with our baby early on like all the stuff that kind of comes along with a lot of thought is the stuff that I'm more focused on. And it seems like such a typical woman, typical man thing to do, but somehow we found our way into those roles. Um, and so I, there have been a few things that have surprised me. Like when she finally started kicking, I had read that that's when men get really interested in the baby. Um, and so every few times early on that I'd be like, oh, she's kicking feel. And I'd put his hand on my stomach and she wouldn't move for like a minute. Mm -hmm. Cause like you can't tell when it's going to happen. <laughs> he would get, he would get bored and take his hand off and I'd be like, what? Like I thought men were supposed to be like so anxious for this moment that he would wait at least five minutes for her <laughs> to like make a move and he like couldn't be bothered. So that was like really shocking to me right away, but I had to like let it go and, you know, not read into it instead of, you know, what I, could have which is that he just wasn't interested in her which just isn't true everybody has their different ways of showing interest and his is through you know financially preparing for the baby and all those kinds of things do you feel like when you're around other pregnant women that you you have more of a an insight into their experience or feel more of the kindred spirits or or not really so this is like similar to um i had friends ask me do you all of a sudden feel like you just like want to yeah, hold every no. baby that you see. And I told them, no. Like, That's I would, hilarious. I've that never felt that. that way and I still don't feel that way. This person hadn't had a baby, so like I totally love her candidness to ask me a interesting question that she'd always wondered because mm -hmm. I think she felt more than anything she wanted to know if she would feel that way. But she already loved babies, so whatever. Um, but I... I, I don't feel that way, and I, I, I'm not worried about it, mostly because I've, I've been told and heard mm -hmm. that, you know, when it's your baby, it's just totally different. Um, but in the in the vein of when we saw – I was with another pregnant girl, like you said, on our vacation, and she and I had a great time and talked a lot about baby stuff. Um, but we've been talking before, kind of comparing and contrasting different 
things we'd read and different products we'd seen and heard about. Um, but we didn't really talk much about like, you know, the mental aspect of, or like how we were feeling emotionally, all that. Um, but I saw plenty of other pregnant women when we were in Hawaii and I don't feel like a connection with them. Even, even more like I feel, <sighs> I, I don't want anything to do with them. And I don't think it's like, seriously. And it's maybe because like I'm in denial that I'm like actually pregnant and having a baby. Like maybe that's a lot of what's going on with me in- internally, but I don't, it's not like other pregnant women come up to you and be like, oh, yeah. let's compare contrast. Like, I don't see any pregnant women talking to each other. I think, like, for me, I can only speak for me, so I have no idea what's going on with other women. But, like, when I would pass by them and we, like, there's a mutual understanding, I think, where it's like, okay, you're also pregnant. It's like there's so much that could differ mm-hmm. from woman to woman in terms of their experience with their pregnancy. Like, how you got pregnant in the first place, how easy or hard it was, how you've yeah. been feeling, what number you're on in terms of how many kids you've had. Like if it's if it's your every, I promise you, every single person who's asked me, oh, you're pregnant, this, the next question is, is this your first? Like people are so obsessed with knowing if it's your first baby. And if it's not, really? I feel like the level of interest is like half or less. Yeah, because like everybody's so interested and when you're having your first baby because it changes your entire life but the second or the third is just like another one and so I think that's a huge like differential between different pregnant women like when you're I can imagine even my second time everything isn't new anymore and so you just like I think it goes faster you expect less because you kind of know what to expect and so maybe talking to a pregnant woman who's already had a kid like it just won't be the same level of conversation as talking with someone who's doing it for the first time. So I feel like there's just so much you don't know about a stranger who's pregnant that there's like, it's almost just like two strangers talking Mm, because they think they have something in common. Like it's just not going to happen. One of the things we were talking about in terms of questions for this, this podcast is, um, (sighs) by the way, when you're pregnant, you lose your train of thought so easily, which I just did. Um, Oh, hormones. So think I always thought, mm-hmm. oh, you, it was about um, misconce- misconceptions about pregnancy. And I thought like with all these hormones running through your body that you like would literally morph into a different person. But I feel almost like a more grounded version of myself, like I'm even more of myself than I was before. Um, like I... I thought I'd be crying all the time because you always hear and you even see other people who like cry at anything when they're pregnant. And I just have never been that way. Like I'm not, I'll, I, when I cry, I need a good cry and then I'm done, but I'm not like, you know, crying three times a day for two minutes. And I, I, I haven't cried really at all. Like I'm not like all of a sudden very emotional. I'm not all of a sudden like wanting to touch babies. Like all those things that you think are going to happen when you're pregnant because either movies portray it that way or other people are that and way. I just like don't. Good, it didn't right? happen for me. That. I'm totally happy about that. I mean uh, to make – to go through something so altering and still be able to feel like yourself throughout is I think is very empowering versus feeling like you're being tossed to and fro because of your emotions and your hormones. Like it's – I, th- I think it's a much better place to be. And that's not to say the people that are experiencing a lot of emotion up and down um, 
are are doing anything wrong or aren't enjoying that yeah, process. Yeah, they're also either. probably more like, just hormonally sensitive for me, right? I guess. Or they're just they're just criers or they're just like, you know, very maternal like already, you know? So like the whole baby thing, like wanting to be around babies, like I just feel like it the misconception mm-hmm. is that it changes yeah. you. Have you thought about anything that you really mm-hmm. want to keep the same after she comes right like are there things that are really precious to you that you want to make sure are still there and you're still making time for or are there things that you're really excited about changing that's a good question um i feel like it's super important to me to keep my sense of self intact meaning specifically around working like a lot of women rightfully so, take maternity leave and just don't work at all, um, which I absolutely would have done had I still been at an old job. But because Dustin and I now work for ourselves, um, and I was talking to our, our friends that are in the same position who are having a baby um, about what she wanted to do, and I fully plan on working when I can and when I want to because I think it's it empowers me and makes me feel a lot more centered in terms of um, proving to myself that I'm capable versus being a mom 24-7 for, like, the first three months. Um, and I, I think I'm saying that mm-hmm. in terms of what I hope happens and what I think I'll need in order to keep balanced. But I also am trying to, like, remain open to yeah. um, being a mom 24-7 if I'm enjoying that. So I guess I'm hoping that a, a little bit of what – our schedule looks like now and um, my ability to work when I can and when I want to stays intact. Um, I, what I hope changes, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm really (laughs) hoping that I feel maternal all of a sudden. I really do. And I'm expecting to like, you know, everyone you, you hear about says the minute they see their baby it's like this part of your heart opens up and so I'm expecting that and maybe I shouldn't be because expectations are hard but um I'm expecting to feel like this enormous bond with her there was another interesting thing I was thinking about that um there's there's a strong um sentiment like no matter what you read everything on the internet is a strong opinion. So you'll see super strong opinions about all the things you need to buy for your baby and why this product is better than others. You'll see a million opinions on how you're supposed to raise your kids. You're supposed to co-sleep with them, not co-sleep with them, put them in a crib, put them in a bassinet. Like there's just so many opinions on what you should be doing to raise your kid in the right way or to like keep them healthy. Like basically a lot of scare tactics in my opinion. Um, But then they all boil down to the, the easiest way to make the decision is to just go with your instincts. And I, to be completely honest, I think it's horseshit because how can you have instincts about something you've never done before? Like you're supposed to pull upon these maternal instincts that you don't yet have. Like even hormonally, I don't have them yet. Cause like a lot of the stuff that you're supposed to feel and learn happen after you have a kid. Um, and not like, I'm sure there are things happening in my body that are getting me to that point, but like 
I can't fast forward to that time in my life and use the instincts I don't already have. And so it's like you're trying to prepare for something you can't really prepare for because you can't predict how you're going to feel or the instincts that you're going to have when you're physically holding your kid and to know what to do then and there versus like now while she's still in the womb. Pregnancy is like a very intimate thing. Like that's, I think that's one of the things that makes me so uncomfortable about it because I don't love being exposed or vulnerable and it, it just implicitly makes you feel uh, exposed because you're pregnant and everybody can see it. It's an external thing. Um, if you don't like attention, which I don't, then um, it's instant attention when you don't want it. Like it's like unwarranted. And there's obviously people that ask you questions and um, when normally they might not talk to you. Like it's, it can be a very intimate, vulnerable totally. thing. And if you guys have um, more questions, seriously ping us on um, Instagram. Email or direct. And if you want to be more private message. or anonymous, Hello. you can um, email us. What was our email? Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hello. At same but different podcast. Right? Dot com. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm seriously happy to answer any questions anybody has, whether you're pregnant or not. There was a book that we checked out that time I went to Barnes and Noble that I was speaking about. Um, and I think it's called Ex Finding the Calm yeah. in Pregnancy. Or we, we can post some books that I've read <clears throat> on our. our um, on Instagram or on a blog post or something like that if you guys want some resources. Um, but really, it's I think more than anything, it's just a, a journey of self-exploration self and learning to find ways that help you cope. And I feel like that's truly a, an individual thing that everybody copes in different ways and, and forcing yourself and pushing yourself to figure out the ways in which things help you or people help you and stuff like that. I mean, I can easily say that you were my mm -hmm. biggest source of, of calm, Quitney. And all of my advice, it's just been trying to understand what I think you would need exactly. in this situation or others. And sometimes it helps and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, but amazingly, most of the time it does, which is like such, um, I, I guess why people do find twins so interesting is that the similarities really carry so much weight in terms of being able to empathize and put yourself in yeah, someone else's shoes. And I think that's the same for anyone who's just really close to somebody else, not necessarily just twins, but especially, especially. So we'll, we'll dig into the same but different um, themes with me never having experienced living abroad. We're so happy to be back. We're, we're hoping you're happy to hear our voices again and um, great catch up. This is fun. Love you. Bye.